And welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast. Kazow! Today I'm here with Kyle Jessup, my friend from for as long as I can remember. And well, I mean, since Camp Kuchiching. Yeah, dude. I mean, since I think you started going to camp when I was 15, maybe. When was your first year? My, 2009. Yeah, so I would have been actually 16. Well, Kyle's the paddling guru out here. He's getting us all. <laughs> Kayak's been, uh, <laughs> Kyle's been kayaking for nine years. And has been going to camp since he was 13 and has uh, has really been instrumental in getting all of my friends out here involved in the river, pushing us to step our game up, taking us on the harder runs. And just really like, dude, you are the paddling guru. So, Dude, it's funny that you guys say that. I, I, I'm honored, but I also feel like that isn't totally justifiable because I have so many paddling gurus in my mind that oh, I look wow. up to. Like who but are you talking it, about? Um couple guys that I paddle with uh, in the area here, which, you know, you could, should consider also interviewing them sometime. Yeah, but, shout out in the area. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I paddle with a couple guys like Forrest, Knapp, and um, Ben Himes, and a couple other just local kayaking legends in the uh, Vail area that are awesome. So it's cool that you guys look to me the same way that I look to other guys that Crazy. are in the in the area that are paddling really hard stuff. So yeah, testament to the progression. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. When you when you came out here, was that a goal? Was it like, all right, I'm moving to Vail. I want to get, you know, I want to get really good at kayaking. Kind of. I started kayaking in college. Uh, the first time I got on a whitewater kayak, I was 18. And we had a kayak club and I just really enjoyed it right away. And I knew that with the skills from camp that I was going to be able to kind of pick it up quickly because a lot of your skills and strokes from canoeing are transferable to kayaking. So when I moved out here, I knew I had already been in a whitewater kayak. I had already done a few rolls. I had already ran a few mellow stretches of river and I knew I wanted to start kayaking more serious stuff. So the past five years has been me like trying harder and harder whitewater in Colorado, which Dang. has been sweet. And what is the hardest what is the hardest whitewater you've done at this, you know? Um, I guess like your classic five runs in the local class five runs in the area. And what is that? What is class five for those who might not know what the class yeah, is? Yeah. So whitewater is broken up into technically six classes. Um, but you can add like a plus or minus to it. So class one is considered just moving current. Um, class two is waves that uh, an open canoe can easily navigate. And then class three is considered water that has some uh, unpredictability to it and maybe maneuvering and uh, could swamp an open canoe pretty easily. And then class four, like uh, features become more violent and you may have to gut certain holes or features that are really difficult. And then class five, is kind of more consequential whitewater um, and mandatory uh, movement around extreme obstacles. And there may be eddies or safe spots in the river, but they're small and difficult to get to and can be turbulent. So, mm. and then class six is considered whitewater 
that uh, is only ran by professionals under special circumstances and special flows. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought class six meant it had never been shot success with like anyone surviving. Before. N- uh, no, not really. And like, there's a lot of discrepancy about classification of okay. rapids. Cause like some people might run a class five and be like, ah, that felt more like a four plus, you know, it's a lot of its opinion, I think sometimes. And, um, However, most ratings of rapids err on the side of caution because they want to keep people safe. Mm. So So what is the beauty of kayaking to someone who might not have experienced the sport before? Sure. Um, I heard kayaking called aquatic ballet one one time, which I thought was a cool way of describing it. Um, Whitewater kayaking is basically putting yourself into a plastic kayak with a skirt that allows you to keep water out of the boat and using you're the, the, usually the only person in the vessel and you have a paddle that has two blades on either side and you use it to navigate through rivers mm. usually white water rivers and you're getting like 80 days a, a bar between you said between 60 and 80 days a year yeah you know in the kayak so you must not be getting tired of it. I mean, that's a lot of time to spend. <laughs> yeah, in a boat. yeah. Honestly, it's extremely addictive. If I'm being honest, um, I my my first season out here, it, I didn't get that many days. I, it was tough to find people to go paddling with because I was new to the Vale area and trying to make friends um, and paddling partners to, yeah. to, to to get out on water. But, and being a novice, it was probably harder. Yeah, to, and I wasn't as good. And, you know, yeah. you kind of have to prove yourself when you get into a paddling group. You know, you don't want to slow people down or be a burden. But any novice will be. So I had a lot of, I mean, I've had plenty of swims and situations where I ended up outside of my kayak that set me back in some sort of capacity. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, really, I... I'm able to get out after work, which is awesome. So I'm able to get a lot of days. And then in the summer, as a, a school teacher, my my ability to get out and on the river is, you know, constant. Yeah. 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 So that's another important thing. Kyle's a school teacher. So it allowed, gives him the flexible schedule to get the summers off and go out on all these adventures and kayak all the time. Yeah, man. I mean, really being a, a teacher is what enables – um, me to be progressing at kayaking because mm. a lot of people, ha- you know, have other jobs that don't allow that time to get out on the water. So I'm really lucky that my career path and passion, you know, hobby passion kind of coexist well together. And in North America, the summer is really the window to do a lot of the kayaking. Is that correct? Well, for Colorado, it is. Oh, yeah. Like the Pacific Northwest has kind of an opposite schedule where their good white water is usually December to April, I think. I'm I'm don't quote me exactly on it, but okay. Their good white water is more in the winter and then Colorado's white water is really more April to late July, early August. Okay, gotcha. Yep. But you studied geology in college? Yeah. Yeah. I went to Witt- Wittenberg University. Um, in Springfield, Ohio, and I studied geology, and my pat like focus was hydrology. Um, so I studied a lot of watershed hydrology, and um, 
geomorphology, which is essentially how landscapes are made. And then, um, uh, like rivers were my passion and rapid systems was actually my senior thesis. Whoa. What is, what is rapid system? Well, I, I guess I'll be more specific. I studied, um, artificial wave parks that have been engineered in different parts of the country. And we had one in Springfield, Ohio. And so these are wave parks that are engineered by professionals to create river features for people to go play in. And a popular style of kayaking is freestyle kayaking, where you park at a wave park or river park, and you take out a short kayak and surf these waves. So that was the kind of kayaking that I was doing a lot in college. And my thesis was on the Springfield River Park on Buck Creek, which Mm. is the name of the creek. And I would just take measurements of it at different flood stages. Um, So as the water increased, I would take measurements of the, the wave trough and crest and see how the wave features were affected with more and less water. Wow. Yeah, it was super fun. It was like, it was a pretty cool project. So I, you, I just went out there with like a laser pointer <laughs> and like would take yeah. different measurements and average the measurements and get a height measurement of the waves and Jeez. put that into a spreadsheet and record it. So have you always had an interest in the river and, and water and how it moves? Yeah, yeah. Like at a really young age. Yeah, really young age. I, um, my dad was a division one swimmer hey hey yeah <laughs> dude yeah and so he had us in the water really young i mean i don't really remember learning how to swim and he told this story recently um to me or reminded me of this because i still have this memory um when i was about three years old there was a time where i still wasn't like that you know had it mastered swimming so i had the floaty wings on you know what you put on oh yeah your arms and we were living in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we had local access to the local pool. And I told my dad I wanted to go jump off the high dive. So my dad was like, okay, well, we'll go over there. And there was two dives. You know, there was like the actual Olympic-sized dive, and then there was the medium-sized dive. And my dad took me to the medium-sized dive, and like I jumped off of it. And he would be in the pool, the deep end of the pool, waiting for me. And uh, I got out. And immediately started climbing the high dive. Whoa. Yeah. And my dad was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, like, and then like, I was like, I, w- I want to do it. And then the lifeguard was like, he can do it if he wants, you know? Whoa. And so my dad was like, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then I was, uh, so I climbed up there and I don't know how high of a dive it was, but it was, you know, big dive, especially for a three-year-old. And I jumped off of it. And my dad said, when I popped out of the, wa- up back up to the surface of the water, he saw my face just like, electric you know and he was like he he kind of told me at that moment he knew that there was a little bit of a thrill seeking complex that is really cool man with me yeah and i didn't really i didn't realize the significance of that story until he retold it to me when i did a road trip with him last summer that is so cool i know yeah it was kind of (laughs) funny yeah and um and, and then we grew up going to the ocean and and uh and when you say we, you mean you? My family, yeah. yeah. You got a brother John and two sisters. Brother John, little brother John, and then two older sisters, Lauren and Carrie, right. and then my mom and dad. And we would travel to New Jersey every summer until I started going to camp. And um, I just loved surfing, well, boogie boarding and body surfing and getting tossed in the waves. I, I didn't like hang out on the beach. I was usually in the water. So, wow. 
yeah, and then I swam competitively. So I've just been around the water so much. It's like one of my favorite things. And that kind of, you know, translates to where I am at with kayaking and why I love it so much. A hundred percent. Yeah. One thing you were sharing with me recently was uh, a lot of the water around Colorado that we are paddling in is dam controlled and the rocks are um, really jagged because they've been blasted out. Yeah, I guess. Well, let me just the Arkansas river, which is over by Buena Vista and the Colorado river, those two rivers in particular dam controlled mm. um, the Eagle river runoff fed for the most part. There, there are, um, uh, I forget the reservoir, Homestake Reservoir and, and other things that kind of regulate a little bit of the water, but it's mostly runoff. But um, yeah, most of the water in Colorado is built along roads. And that's because it's the path of least resistance. Um, so the roads were just built next to rivers while they were engineering. Um, civil engineers were putting together Colorado. So a lot of the rock is from, you know, just dynamite <laughs> blowing up. And so uh, blowing up, you know, these hallways for trains and, and highways. So a lot of the rock here is really sharp. And Colorado has this reputation of what we call mink, um, which is sharp, jagged rocks <laughs> that's, uh, mm. that are kind of shallow so it's a manky, manky runs. Manky runs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love, yeah. love that. That's a new word for me this year. Manky. Yeah. I know. It's a funny term. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do like that. Yeah. But that describes really just the Colorado sharp, jagged rocks. Like you wouldn't use that term in the Pacific Northwest? No. Uh, I, not as much because like the Pacific Northwest has a lot of basalt canyons mm. and it's a lot more what you consider pool drop rapids. And and big water big waterfall drops. I Can guess. you describe pool drop rapids? Sure. Pool drop rapids mean means there's a rapid and then there's a pool afterwards. So a, a section of calm water, and that's not very characteristic for a lot of the rivers in Colorado. It's very continuous, meaning there's not much of a break in rapids mm. out here. What what would your advice be to new paddlers, people just getting into the sport of kayaking? Uh, progress really slow. And, uh, and at your pace, because um, a lot of people progress too quickly and they get scared and then they don't continue. When you say progress too quickly, you mean take on challenges outside of their pay grade? Yeah, don't, don't, don't step up to hard white wa harder white water than what you're comfortable with. Like kind of go slow with it and take your time and also try to find um, people that are paddling a little bit better than you, but, but uh, you're still able to keep up with them. Right. Because that will help you progress and push yourself just just enough. And then um, really, if you can get into a class or learn in a pool, like the role, uh, how to, and when I say role, I mean how to flip your kayak back up once you've ended up upside down, um, you know, do that. It, it's kind of good to take a lesson or to learn in a very safe environment how to be upside down in your kayak. Mm. So, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it's super fun though. I mean, but um, everyone jokes that no one's really good at kayaking the first time they get into a kayak. Everyone sucks right away. It's pretty hard to, like, not very few people are natural at kayaking. Mm. I, I mean, I have had so many awful, sh like, sucky moments in my kayaking. 
um, because it's super hard to learn. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, it's it, it can put you in some of the most beautiful places. So even it, when it does get hard and you do fail, don't quit. You'll learn from those failures and then you can build upon them. So wow. yeah. beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Little, that's a wisdom nugget right there. That's a wisdom bomb for you guys. So <laughs> po- pocket that one. What What would you say is like the biggest mistake that you made in, um, in your, in your um, progression? You know, I had like, I had a few moments where I was trying to teach friends how to kayak and I, t- I pushed them too fast too quickly. Mm. And then I lost friends in kayaking. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Shout, <laughs> shout out, Bobby. We've all heard this. Yeah, We've all yeah. heard this. Every, all of our friends have heard the yeah, story of, yeah. of the time I almost killed Bobby. <laughs> and, and Dylan Buck Conroy. Okay, well, but now Dylan, you have to tell the story. Okay, well, Bobby got a kayak partially because I was getting it, you know. Quick plug here. Bobby's been on the podcast. Uh, check out episode two if you want to learn more yeah, about Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Eckert, my good friend uh, who got me actually out in Vail in the first place, uh, got a kayak partially because I was, you know, I had been saying, you know, this is the sport to get into. Like, you, you know, you have canoe background. You'll be great. Um, but I didn't really know the local runs. This was probably only my second year living out here. And I didn't know the local runs very well. And my my knowledge was um, <laughs> not great of where to take him to start. And I did that whole being like, it's going to be fine. And then it wasn't fine. Right. We, we put in right below Dow Junction um, in a pretty class three stretch. And Bob couldn't roll. Like he he didn't have a roll. He 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 barely I don't think we even did a wet exit in a in a in a wet exit meaning you're pulling the device that yeah, keeps wet, you locked in. Wet exit meaning if you flip in your kayak. Uh, you pull your skirt to get out of the kayak. You know, actually, we did practice wet exit like one time on the Colorado River. So, um, but I was like, we're going to just go run this stretch. It's going to be fine. And I didn't really have that much background information about the stretch. And then we went in there and he swam right away and we hitchhiked out of the run. You know, it was like one of those things. And I um, just like totally bu- turned him off on kayaking which right. was not my intention and totally I, not I think that was one of my biggest failures <laughs> in kayaking yeah. was was not even with me personally but like that and then also I've done it to Dylan Conroy so many times my best friend from college where he comes out here and I just put him in ridiculous <laughs> situations shout out buck to yeah dude he's he's the best but uh you know, I, I I've learned a lot since those days. Totally. I actually I'm teaching kayaking this summer, and uh, now that I realize how slow of a meandering process teaching kayaking is, I've I've realized how stupid I was when I was 23 trying oh, to get man. trying to get my friends into kayaking. Yeah, but now you're also helping two of our buddies out, Charlie and Axel. Yeah, to, you know. Yeah, and I'm doing a lot better job, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're still doing it. I mean, yeah, they're still they're, fired up. They're still in it. So yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, they're really doing a lot of it on their own. I've only taken them out a few times, and a lot of it's on them. They're 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 working hard to get better, which is awesome. Um, and th- I think honestly, that's kind of just what you have to do if you wanna if you wanna kayak. You have to kind of get out there and do it do it yourself and do it a lot and do it as much as possible with people you're comfortable with. Mm. So, so what are some of the most exciting runs near near us in Vail, Colorado? Um, kind of a classic 
class four stretch here is Dow Chute, which is right in Dow Junction, um, below Minturn, between Minturn and Eagle Vale on the Eagle River. Uh, it's, that's a classic kind of big water feel, a lot of big waves, class four run. And then um, Gore Creek is another good kayaker run uh, when it's high. And that's kind of another big waves and a couple holes to go through. But um, for a class five ki- or someone that's aspiring to be a class five kayaker, Gilman Gorge is right uh, above Minturn. So between Red Cliff, Colorado and Minturn, there's this beautiful gorge called Gilman Gorge. And it goes through this old mining operation on the Eagle River that was actually um, considered a super, super fund uh, site because they super hit fund fund F U N D it hit a there was some sort of toxic toxic deposit that they found when they were mining that area hmm. and I think it was I thought it was mercury I heard from someone else that it was arsenic ooh I know and they had to actually dump a ton of money into fixing the river when they hit this deposit because it was leaking into the water supply back in the I don't know, early 90s, maybe late 80s. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, yeah. But um, so, uh, but they fixed it. And, but now it's like you, you paddle through this abandoned mining operation, which is uh-huh. kind of nuts. And in there is all class four with two pretty serious class fives. Um, and that's kind of been my local run for this season. Which has been cool. And you said what you've hit it seventeen times already this yeah, year. Yeah, something like in the upper teens, right? Um, and last year I was getting into that a little. I got in there five times, but I was portaging, meaning carrying my boat around the class five runs. But uh, the start of the season, I I kind of went into it with the mindset like, okay, you've seen that run, you've scouted those rapids, you know what to do. So the first time I went in there this season, I ran it top to bottom and ran everything in it. And I and I've continued that. Um, and I climbed that river up to about 580 CFS, uh, which is kind of uh CFS is cubic feet per second. That's a um way of measuring water that travels through a river. Um a cubic foot is essentially if you took a basketball of water. Oh. So uh 500, you know, cubic feet per second means through a cross-section of river, 500 water basketballs are moving through that. Whoa, it's cool. I've never heard it put yeah, that way. Yeah, oh, I thought that. I heard that recently. I was like, oh, that's a good way of explaining that. Yeah. Um, but I ran that up to around 580 CFS, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to put my cap right here for, mm. for this run at this level because I was starting to feel a little uncomfortable. Um, Anything beyond that would pose some risk that you just aren't interested in taking. Yeah, on. yeah. And there's other boaters out here. Like, I know plenty of boaters that run it up even higher. Like, Ben and Forrest ran it up to 1,300 last season, which is just gnarly to me. But uh, for me, where I'm at with kayaking, I just kind of was like, well, I've gotten myself to that level. I was kind of scared at that level. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone it back and wait for the water to come back down. I actually think I'll run it either tomorrow or Wednesday. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah, because the water is starting to come back Jeez. down. Yeah. Did you, or get, you get after it so much. And, and just to paint a picture, I did Dowd shoot for the first time last week. Um, like, it, like Kyle was saying, it's an it's a intense four-plus rapid. 
And uh, I know that Kyle's going to be our, you know, guide through it. So I show up at 12 p.m. I'm, I, had ju- I had woken up not too, too much before that. And by the time I got there, Kyle showed up with three other kayak, two other kayaking buddies and had already run Gilman all the way through <laughs> and was already ready to do another lap to doubt shit. So it's yeah. testament to, you know. Yeah, I mean, like in the summer when uh, school's out, I, I just have all that time to really dive into kayak season. It's awesome, you know. And, wow. and I, um, I was in between, I had two weeks from when school ended and the local kayak school which i'm working for this summer started uh so i had two weeks there to just pretty much paddle as much as i could every day Uh, Mm -hmm. so sick yeah for you is kayaking a social sport like um is it something that you are um especially into because of the community or is it very much like a meditative sort of thing like when you're in the in the boat yeah um, it might be something else. I gave you two options, but it could be something else. Yeah, I it, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, mm. uh, a little bit of both of those things. You know, my kayaking friends, they're awesome people, but I don't necessarily see them a ton in the winter. We kind of become <laughs> friends again in the spring. They're awesome guys. I mean, uh, the guys that I boat with regularly. And I say guys because mainly because I don't kayak with too many girls. There's not too many girls in the sport, which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, most of the guys that I kayak, you know, they're they're male. So when yeah. I say guys, that's kind of what I'm saying. We're trying to get our friend. We're trying to get our girlfriends into the into the water. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I really think I think we just need more girls in that sport. It, it, they they're capable of running just as crazy of stuff, you know, like I think it's more just, there's more male mentors out there Got it. and males are drawn to male mentors, but um, yeah. To, but back to your question, kayaking for me um, is kind of like this crazy meditative experience where when I kayak, I don't think about anything else. I'm in this kind of crazy flow state, especially when I'm in water that has me, uh, like I have to be on and focus. So when I'm in it, it it's um, it's a just pure meditation of trying to keep myself calm under chaotic circumstances, mm. which is super intriguing to me. I, it's hard to explain, but you kayak your best when you can keep yourself level-headed and calm, and which is difficult to do because everything around you is in chaos. And that experience is really, really addictive. You get when you run a rapid that has you nervous and you run it well and you get to the bottom successfully and you look back at what up at what you've done, it's one of the coolest feelings, I think. And um, I really like kayaking because it's an accumulation of a lot of things that I've kind of gotten good at over a long period of time. Mm. So, um, the, uh, um, I, I'm just pretty proud of it. And the community is super great too. <laughs> like boating. I think the kayaking community is, um, they're really rad people and, but they don't necessarily, they're not crazy boastful. They, they're, they're level headed because, Everyone knows that there's just a matter of time that you're going to mess up and you're going to get humbled from from the river. Oh. Yeah. And I got to shout out Kyle here just thinking about it now. Kyle was our connect for the uh, our canoe trip 
this past summer on the going to the Arctic. Oh yeah, he hooked us up with a Leif, a, a, a an expert, famous kayaker up in uh, the the uh, Fort Smith, yeah, Canada. That that was pretty funny. I just honestly reached out to um, a professional kayaker via Instagram. I didn't even know this guy, but he's a Canadian kayaker. So I was like, well, maybe. I could help him find a guide. And then he connected me with Leif. And then I reached out to Leif. And then you guys took it from there. And that was huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know, we, we did a, we paddled from Minnesota to the Arctic Ocean. And one of the hardest sections of our trip was this one section of rapids on the Slave River. Um, just 24, I think it's 24 miles of just straight, really, really tough rapids that you should not shoot unless you know what you're getting into. And uh, couldn't have done it without Kyle and couldn't have done it without Leif. So that's, dude, yeah, the Slave River is somewhere I would love to travel to Mm. because that's a huge destination, specifically Leif and Natalie's um, hostel that they have up there. It's became this kind of folk, you know, legendary place to go and paddle big water up on the Slave River. So those two have. And I don't, I don't know Leif and Natalie personally, but that's just they they put that information out on social media very regularly about it. Yeah, super cool people. Yeah. Let, let's talk. Speaking of travel destinations, what are some other kayaking destinations that you have on your short list? Oh man, it's so I haven't really traveled enough for kayaking, which is too bad. I've I've stuck around Colorado mainly, and part of the reason why is um, I want to be really comfortable in the water here before I go anywhere else, anywhere else. Like, I don't want to travel somewhere and be really nervous to run a classic class five stretch in in that area because I was, you know, I haven't been prepared for it. But Pacific Northwest is on the list. That's kind of where most great boaters reside. Uh, they call home. A lot of them move out there for, for that area. Um, and then Mexico is on my list and South America. But um, really, and, and coast and Costa Rica uh, would be another cool location. Mm. Um, but I'm hoping to travel this winter <laughs> if things, you know, clear up, clear up, <laughs> open up. Yeah, 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 like, yeah definitely, definitely. Dude, I mean, I yeah, all my I write I write down some goals every year, and oh. one, one of my goals was to travel internationally, and then, of course, this all happened. Oh my god, yeah. dude! I think can you share that practice? Yeah. I, I, yeah, totally. Um, I've just, I started doing it when I was 21. I write down my goals for the year and I break them up into different categories, financial, professional, personal, and recreation. Those oh, are the four. Um, so cool. And I might just put like two or three bullet points with each one. And how often are you achieving the, attaining those goals? Uh, I try to attain, a, a, attain all of them but in a year. But I don't, not always, you know. I, some, some don't always make the cut. And some, like, Reed Moore has been on there for the past four years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, right, right. Like, yeah, deferred. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> right keep, next year. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, with how I'm going, it might be on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I got <laughs> it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Oh, gosh, uh, man. I'm, I, I, so whatever, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just ignore that. I don't want to dwell on that. How'd you get into that? Who, dude? Honestly, I I don't know what I. Where did I hear about it? I I don't even know, man. Maybe like some sort of podcast, like a Joe Rogan podcast oh, about yeah, yeah. the importance of goal setting. But I I really just started doing it when I was twenty one because, um, I was in college and 
I was about to turn 22 and about to graduate. And I, I kind of was like, I need to start holding myself accountable to certain things. So I started writing down goals. And I just, I hang it up in my room. I have a bulletin board with some pictures and stuff. And I just hang it up in my room. So I, I see it, you know, every other day. And it keeps it fresh in my mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. I think it's it's good practice to to try to aim for certain things if you can. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, another another nugget bomb right there. Boom, 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 nugget boom, boom. bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Kyle, one thing I brought onto the show recently, and I'm going to ask you. It's kind of the hardest question to ask someone. What is the meaning of life? Oh man, yeah. I remember hearing this in in the episodes I've listened to. I I probably should have prepared. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't no, I didn't. One. I didn't. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna try to think about that. Um, I think do uh, the meaning of life is you should try to pursue things that are gonna bring joy to you and uh, try to leave this place better than how you find it, found it. And that's kind of what I try to do a lot with my personal, like with what I do for work. I'm a science teacher. I teach middle school science. But I'm not necessarily a science guru. You know, I, I do enjoy science and I studied science in college. But really, I like teaching middle school because I like working with kids and trying to teach them how to be and how to, um, you know, navigate uh, the confusing time of life, which is middle school. But uh, <laughs> The, I I think like really trying to leave a positive impact on on the people that you interact with as much as possible is is an important meaning of life and to do things that really f- make you feel f- full and good um, about about your circumstance, mm. um, which I've been lucky like I've been really lucky with these first five years out of college, I think a lot of people don't don't find that right away. And I, even now, I'm still kind of wondering how I could do more or do something different. But uh, yeah. Well, that's beautiful, Kyle. Those kids are lucky to have you as a teacher, man. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, dude. Yeah, you dude can't, if you're teaching them that shit, then yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. Well, I got to shout out Kyle too. Kyle, I, Kyle, uh, was the first person I lived with when I moved out to Vail, Colorado. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, my transition. We haven't even gotten into that, but oh my God. moved out to Eagle, Colorado. We were living in a basement yep. and uh, really suburbia. nice setup. The first night out, he cooked me a delicious meal. I don't even remember what it was, but you made me feel so at home, so welcomed. Got me really stoked on mountain biking and all the activities. Oh, that's right. We did bike that, a uh, that Colorado had for me. So I got to thank you so much for yeah, helping dude. to make my Colorado experience so Cheers. amazing. Yeah, that that was funny. You and Bram kind of moved in with me for three weeks, and then you realized how much better Vale and Avon were. Right, and I then moved, you moved, yeah, yeah, moved closer <laughs> yeah. to the action. But that, yeah. hey, Eagles got a special place yeah. in my heart. Yeah, it yeah. is a special place. I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I could be a part of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course that I was lucky that when I moved here, that Bobby was here to help me get my feet feet underneath me. So it's good to have that hospitality. For, mm. for everyone else that moved out here. Just passing on the good love, man. I know, trying to. Damn. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a goddamn pleasure, dude. Thanks, dude. Having you on here. And uh, I look forward to all the future boating missions that we got in front of us here. I know. We got plenty of that to come. There's plenty of water still to do. Man. Gore Canyon is kind of our carrot. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You guys are very capable of doing it. 
Yeah. So, so. We just watched a video before. If you haven't seen a video, Gore Canyon, check it out. Rafting, kayaking. It's right, right in our backyard. But if you guys enjoyed, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to like and subscribe the video. Well, there's no video. I always, I always screw that up. <laughs> like and subscribe the audio of the channel. Yes. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed it enough, give us a review. It helps us out with uh, getting on a different playlist and stuff. So have a wonderful day, guys. Cheers, Kyle. Jess up, baby. Pa pow. Yeah.